The Torah content from now through Pesach has been sponsored by the Kofsky family in loving memory of Adira, who loved big ideas and asking big questions. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoke Jew Podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is from Epictetus, the Enchiridion in the Handbook, Chapter 5. It is not circumstances themselves that trouble people, but their judgments about those circumstances. For example, death is nothing terrible, for if it were, it would have appeared so to Socrates. But having the opinion that death is terrible, this is what is terrible. Therefore, whenever we are hindered or troubled or distressed, let us never blame others but ourselves, that is, our own judgments. The uneducated person blames others for their failures. Those who have just begun to be instructed blame themselves. Those whose learning is complete blame neither themselves, neither others nor themselves. Okay, so there's clearly a lot here, uh, and uh, we're not going to focus on all of it. Uh, I actually just wanted to focus on that last part, the the threefold division of people. So just to say again that the uneducated person blames others for their failures. Those who have just begun to be instructed blame themselves, and those whose learning is complete blame neither others nor themselves. Now, one of the things that I think people, uh, especially nowadays, can get angry with Epictetus about is the fact that, or not just Epictetus, I guess Stoics in general, but specifically Epictetus is what they call victim blaming, you know? And yeah, that's Stoicism's position basically uh, in the sense that, that, you know, the realizing that we, we cannot blame others for the harm we suffer because the only harm that we can suffer comes from ourselves. Um, and if you are unwilling to accept that premise and you, you are, are are not willing to look inside yourself and change yourself for the, you know, in order to uh, to make stoic progress, you know, and and uh, and and realize that you are the cause of your own suffering, then um, then yeah, then maybe stoicism is not for you. So let's just first of all understand what Epictetus himself meant by this by this threefold division. And again, I, I recommend um, the Keith Seddon uh, translation of Epictetus's handbook because it has. A lot of good commentary. So on that last part of the excerpt, here's what Keith Seddon writes. Uh, He gives a good example. He says, the uneducated person thinks that when their undertakings fail, they are in receipt of something bad. And conversely, that an undertaking which succeeds constitutes something good. Such that when they are upset by a setback, such as the loss of their clothes at the baths, they will blame their possessions on, oh, sorry, they will blame their passions on the thief. The thief, we, we may suppose, really is responsible for taking the clothes, but the Stoic denies that they are on that account, also responsible for the emotional reaction of the person who suffers the loss. This is why the person whose training is underway will blame themselves for any upset they experience. They realize that their disturbance results from their false evaluation that something bad has occurred, and this gives them the chance to rectify their error. The fully wise person whose stoic training is complete will never be in a position to blame anyone at all, not even themselves, because this person has secured a good flow, euroia, that is stable and enduring. They simply do not assent to false evaluations, but pass through life calmly, accepting and responding appropriately to every circumstance, such that nothing ever happens to occasion blame. Uh, now, I'm actually not ready to focus on that last category, because I think that that deserves a lot more thought and analysis. I want to focus on the difference between the uneducated person who blames others for their failures and the person who has begun stoic training who who blames themselves. So, I like that example. So the thief steals your clothing. The uneducated person will blame the thief for their own emotional reaction. But the person who is starting to do stoic training will realize that, yes, the thief stole the clothes, but clothing were never in my control. You know, I, I don't have control over my clothing. 
but I do have control over my own reaction to that. You know, how I frame it, whether I view this as actually a, a harm to my, myself or not, whether I view this as an opportunity for, um, you know, for, for learning and development and insight. Um, I'm actually planning on making an episode about this tomorrow. So maybe I'll, uh, I'll go into that a little bit more. So between those two reactions, the uneducated um, reaction and the, the stoic and training reaction, then it's a very important shift, you know, to start looking inwards instead of outwards and, and to start, again, blame is, I, I don't like the word blame, but, but, you know, we're talking blame in the sense of causality here, recognizing that I myself may be contributing to my emotional uh, reaction to this, or I am the, the sole cause of it. Uh, and it's not the, it's not the thief who is, um, who is, you know, uh, producing the emotional reaction in me. And that's really why, why he, uh, Epictetus mentions the example of Socrates, that if death were really bad, then it would have appeared so to Socrates, who he's, Epictetus is holding up as, uh, as, you know, the paragon of someone who is uh, in line with reality, you know. Um, so it's not, uh, you know, it, it's not an objective phenomenon. Uh, or Sorry, it's, it, if... <laughs> imagine you, you have Socrates in a room and then you have an average person. Okay. And let's say like, uh, the, you know, the, all their possessions get stolen. So the fact that Socrates will not react to that as a bad thing means that it's not the, the, the theft itself that produces the reaction. If it were the theft itself that produces the reaction, then it wouldn't matter who it's happening to. The fact though that Socrates is is able to maintain his 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 uh, his tranquility uh means that that the person who is disturbed really the reaction stemming from them from their internal world. Okay. So what I want to do now though is shift slightly that because my you know my my real uh, uh real introduction to stoicism was really through Mishlei because Mishlei relies uh, through the book of Proverbs by Shlomo HaMelech by King Solomon because Mishlei really relies on the fundamental stoic premise that there are things in your control and things outside of your control and you should only focus your efforts on things in your control. But I was trying to think what would Shlomo HaMelech say? What would King Solomon say about this? So he would say that he would agree that that the uneducated person blames others uh, and the person who is in training blames themselves, but he would not just focus on the internal reaction. He would also say, did you leave your clothing in a place where it might get stolen? You know, meaning, or did you did you did you neglect to uh, to uh, secure your house against thieves? You know, there are there are other things in your control that that would have actually prevented the the thief from 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 stealing the clothing in the first place. And it's equally important to recognize that that's also within your control, and that you should work on developing that as well. Um, and uh, and. I, 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 I've said this criticism before, but I think that the Stoics don't put enough emphasis on proactive application of Chachma, of wisdom and decision-making to, to um, sorry, of Chachma to, to, to decision-making. In other words, they don't focus on, on training you to make the best decisions in terms of the, uh, the external world uh, as possible, um, you know, to secure ma maximum benefit. Their, their, their focus is on exclusively on the internal world. And again, that's obviously very important, but they're missing a crucial step here in terms of having a successful life, I think, of of actually like, you know, using your mind to make the best decisions uh, in your control in terms of the external world. So I want to segue from there into a uh, into a really good example of a question a person can ask themselves. So this is, I heard this from uh, a Tim Ferriss 
interview with Jerry Colonna, who I actually should have looked at who that is to remind myself. Uh, Jerry Colonna is, this is episode 373 of the Tim Ferriss podcast, uh, released on June 11th, 2019. Jerry Colonna is the CEO and co-founder of Reboot.io, an executive coaching and leadership development firm dedicated to the notion that better humans make better leaders. Okay, so he's he's a uh, he's a coach. Um, oh, what, I'm not going to go through his whole background. So so what Colonna says is as follows. He says that the question we should ask ourselves from, uh, you know, is how have I been complicit in creating the conditions I say I don't want? I'm going to read that again. How have I been complicit in creating the conditions I say I don't want? Now, this is his explanation. He says, and the reason for the language is very purposeful. I like to use the word complicit and not responsible. 90% of the time when I ask that question, people hear the word, how have I been responsible for the conditions? Complicitness is important because it's relieving the person from the burden of feeling responsible for all of the bad stuff in their lives. Because that's not fair to carry that responsibility. But it's helpful to think of ourselves as somehow being served by the challenges that we're going through. The second piece of that is to say I, that I say I don't want. And that sort of unpacks the, that notion even further, which is there's something oftentimes about the way in which we operate and the way we set up the conditions of our lives to be in unconscious service to us. The psychological term is secondary gain. But there are ways in which we find ourselves repeating patterns in our life. We always date the same type of person. We are always finding ourselves in the same kind of job. We're always frustrated by the same sorts of, of situations. And so it's really useful to start to sort of unpack that. So that's the question. Okay, so pause for one second. So the question is, how have I been complicit in creating the conditions I don't? I say I don't want? Now, Colonna further breaks this down into three additional questions, which he says he learned from Dr. Aviva Sayers, Cyrus. I don't know how to pronounce the last name. So here are three questions you should ask yourself to unpack that first question. The questions are, what am I saying that needs to be said? Sorry, let me say that again. What am I not saying that needs to be said? What am I saying that's not being heard? And what's being said that I'm not hearing? Again, what am I not saying that needs to be said? What am I saying that's not being heard? And what's being said that I'm not hearing? Now, Kelowna explains, he says, so for me, the way I was complicit was I wasn't speaking. I wasn't saying what I needed to say. And more often than not, the suffering that I encounter can almost always be rooted back to somebody not saying something that needs to be said. And if there's a little corollary to that in not saying it, or not saying it in a way that can be heard, because oftentimes we speak without words, by our, but, but by our actions, and we go unheard. So this is an example of what I meant by what Shlomo HaMelech would say uh, in that second stage of development, where you are blaming yourself uh, for the suffering that you have, but not just blaming yourself in the stoic way for for your judgments and for feeling the way that you feel, but you're also asking myself, how am I complicit in in creating the um, conditions that I say I don't want? And asking these three questions of yourself is a good way to 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 discover ways that you are complicit from a Mishleic standpoint. You know, what am I not saying that needs to be said? Maybe the reason why another person is treating me in a way I don't want to be treated is because I'm not conveying how it makes me feel, or I'm not telling them that something is wrong, you know, or if I am saying it, you know, then, um, uh, and it's not being heard. So is that the other person's fault? Or maybe I'm saying it in a way that is not being heard by them, and I should say it in a different way. Or that last question, what is being said that I'm not hearing? Maybe, maybe the problem is not the fact that I'm, uh, I'm withholding, you know, 
sharing my perspective. Maybe there's stuff that's being said that I'm oblivious to, or I'm downplaying, or I'm in denial about. So all of these are, you know, are, are mishlaic strategies for looking at how how you are complicit in the creation of the conditions that are causing your suffering. And, and I think that that is a, a very important step that the Stoics don't give sufficient focus to. They only focus on, on your judgments and your, your, uh, your internal reactions. But there's a lot of work to be done on, on, your, your, on the decisions themselves. What decisions am I making that, are, are, uh, are, you know, that make me complicit in creating the, the conditions I say I don't want? Okay, that was a. Uh, I, I wouldn't call that an, a scattered episode. It was an associative episode because I realized again, my goal was not to focus on that entire Epictetus pack, uh, passage there. I just wanted to. I read the Epictetus, saw that triplicate division, started thinking about Michelet, and then started thinking about that Jerry Colonna, um, you know, question and sub subdivision into three questions. And I thought that that would be useful to share. So. That is it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today and would like to support my production of even more Torah content, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Link is in the description. Thank you to my listeners for listening, and thank you to my patrons for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.